For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. People come up and they say, you know, you're the, you know, you should take care of the Zendo, should take care of the forms, make sure everybody teach, knows the forms and instruct people. And, and I think I should be doing something. I'm not sure what I should be doing, but I've been thinking about what that means, doing. And I came across this Dharma talk in Dogen's extensive record that Tigan translated. So that's what I want to talk to, about tonight. I want to talk about this uh, Dharma uh, discussion, all discussion, and the related koan that goes with it. So it's uh, Dharma Hall Discourse number three from the extensive record, and it's it's short, so I'll just read it to you. It's called Not Negating the False, Not Hiding the Straight. And it goes like this. Seeing an opportunity and then taking action is not skillful. Manufacturing a body and plotting some stance is not accepting the situation. So it is said, what is it that thus comes? What is the principle of what is it that thus comes? And after a pause, Dogen said, the truth does not negate the false. The crooked does not hide the strength straight. So what first struck me about this discourse were the first two lines. Seeing the opportunity and then taking action is not skillful. Manufacturing a body and plotting in some stance is not accepting the situation. So this is about acting, assessing a situation and doing something, putting yourself forward. So this is something I do all the time. I'm always taking action, making things happen to change the situation better to my liking. You know, what I do at work, I'm always trying to move projects forward, keep things on budget, direct staff. I'm always sort of in charge. And Dogen says, okay, that's not skillful and it's not accepting the situation. So I think, Okay, that doesn't look too good for what I do here. But immediately after that, he says, so it is says, so it is said, what is this that thus comes? What is this that thus comes is from a koan that's also actually part of Dogen's extensive record. It's in uh, chapter nine and it's number 59 in the koans. And that's relatively short. I'm going to read that to you. This is called Refined Gold Thus Come. And it goes like this. Zen Master Nayuan, who rang, once visited the sixth ancestor. The ancestor asked him, where are you from? Nayuan said, I come from the place of the national teacher, Shongshong. The ancestor said, what is, it that, what is this that thus comes? Nanyuan never put that question aside. He served there for eight years and clarified the previous saying. 
And then he told the ancestor, I, Weiron, can now understand the question, what is it that thus, that thus comes, that you received me with upon my first arriving to see you? The sixth ancestor said, how do you understand it? Nanyuan said, to explain or demonstrate anything would completely miss the mark. The sixth ancestor said, then how do you support? Then do you suppose there is practice realization or not? Nanyuan said, it is not that there is no practice realization, but only that it cannot be defiled. The sixth ancestor said, this non-defilement is exactly what the Buddhas protect and care for. I am thus, you are thus, the ancestors in India are also thus. So, What's this koan about? The sixth ancestor asks, what is it that thus comes? Or basically, who are you? And Nanyan goes off and meditates on this for eight years until he finally thinks he may understand the question. Eight years is a long time. I mean, think back of what you were doing eight years ago. That's a long time to be thinking of this question. And he comes back and he says, I really can't, I can't, I really can't hit the mark here. I can't describe to you what this is. It's it's beyond my ability to, to tell it to you what suchness is and what this is all about. So I think about that and I think, okay. I get that. He goes off and, he, and it takes him a long time and he meditates on this and he realizes that suchness and who he really is is not something he can describe. It's not something he can explain or demonstrate. And that's true. We have a hard time explaining what, what it is to just be in the moment. And once we try to do that, it's something else. We're like outside of that moment now trying to describe it. But even though that's true, there's a part of me that thinks, I don't know, I put myself in Nanyuan's position and I think, okay, you went out and you found this teacher who you trust, who's going to help guide you, who you're going to learn from, who's going to help you understand the Dharma, and you take his question seriously and you come back eight years later and you say, hey, I, I, I finally figured out what you were talking about here. And he says, okay, tell me what you got. And you say, okay, I can't do that. It's, it's beyond my ability. I, I, this, is, this is not something I can explain to you. And there's a part of me that wants to say, really? That's your answer? It, it, maybe it's true. He doesn't get it 100%. And, and maybe we're never going to get 100% what the Dharma is or who we really are. But that doesn't mean he didn't understand something here. And I don't know, I got to think that he would want his teacher to know what he understands. That's why you go to a teacher. You say, here's what I understand about this. And they help you figure that out and say, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Or they say, think about it this way or whatever they say. But, you know, I know when we sit to practice, we say we shouldn't practice with an aim or a goal in mind. But 
that doesn't mean we don't get results. That doesn't mean that somehow we don't deepen our practice or practice doesn't somehow get a little more consistent or a little more easier. And maybe to say deepen our practice isn't quite the right way to say it. Maybe we just sort of begin to see who we really are a little clearer. And we begin to understand who we are a little clearer. And when the sixth ancestor comes back, the sixth ancestor sort of alludes to this. The sixth ancestor, when Nanyuan says, this is, I can't put this into words. Let me see, what does he say here? He says, he says, to explain or demonstrate anything would completely miss the mark. And the sixth ancestor says, well, do you do do you do you think there's practice realization here or not? What are you doing here? Do you think you're understanding something here or not? And there is something about there is something about practice is a way to act. It's it, practice itself is 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 doing something. It's an active thing that we we do on purpose. We go out. We, we buy cushions, we find a place to sit in our house, we maybe make a little altar, we make time every day. This is an active way of acting. But, and we, when we sit, I, one of the things we, we, we develop our practice, we learn how to do it easier and how to stay with the practice longer. So it's interesting to me that Dogen would take this practice. Who, who is it that thus comes? Who are you really? Who is this that's practicing here? And what did you figure out about that? And he pairs it up with taking a stance, seeing an opportunity, and then taking action is not skillful. Manifesting a body and plotting some stance is not accepting the situation. It's not about acting, it's about responding and responding out of the practice space. It's who are we and where are we responding from? And it's there's an acknowledgement here that maybe we're not gonna understand it 100%, but that's okay, that doesn't mean our practice isn't deepening. It, 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 it doesn't mean our practice isn't, doesn't get easier or that we don't find ourselves operating out of our practice more consistently. And when we think about doing something, doing something comes out of that practice. It comes out of responding to the situation that comes up. Circumstances come up. And you just respond. You see something needs to be done, you do it. Somebody asks you a question, you answer it. It's not about putting yourself forward or trying to direct something or um, move something in a particular direction. I have a colleague at work. 
she comes up, she had this great line. Whenever she has a project that is under budget or over budget or uh, um, it's not on time or she's having trouble getting approvals, some bureaucratic approval done, she'll call me up and she'll say, okay, Jerry, who's driving this bus? And what she means is, you know, we gotta, we gotta get, we gotta get this bus turned around, and we gotta get this thing back on track. But I really like that line: "Who's driving this bus?" Because it helps me to remember, you know, when I think, okay, I'm gonna go out and get this done. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna be what the best email that ever was, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this happen. When I try to do that, when I try to drive that bus. It just gets way harder. And when I just somehow realize and, 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 and think to myself, you know, if I don't, the bus is going to drive itself. Suchness is going to take care of itself. I don't have to worry about it. The practice will take care of itself. As soon as I figure out, I don't have to drive that bus, it gets a lot easier. Then I'm just, you know, I just get on the bus and stuff comes up and I respond and it just, it makes it a lot easier to, to manage and to do. But I think there's two things that go along with this, Colin, and with this practice discussion is, and one is, It doesn't, we don't have to, it doesn't have to be 100%. You don't have to be 100% to respond. And maybe some days your response, you know, you're responding out of 30%. That's okay. It's about, it's about practicing and it's about learning how to live in that practice a little more consistently and a little easier. And it's about recognizing we don't have to drive the bus. Life will take care of itself. And we're not, we're not going to damage the practice. We're not going to make suchness. We're not going to tarnish suchness. It's not gonna, suchness isn't going to go away because we're not 100% in our practice today. And there's also something about being able to accept that, hey, yeah, I do understand something here. It is getting easier. I am. And, you know, we all know this. Anybody who sat for a while, some days what keeps me practicing is the fact that I'm different now. Something has changed because of practice. And some days that's what makes me come back. Even though I know I don't, I don't, it's it's not like I understand it 100% or could explain things or even that I want to explain things. But to be able to, to be okay with the days when your practice isn't maybe 100% and also to take in that, yeah, I, there's something here that's better, that I'm understanding better, that I'm living better every day in my practice for a little longer and it's a little more steady and it's a little stronger to take in both of those with equanimity and to keep moving forward is really, it's the best way to act and it's the easiest way to act. 
it just takes a lot of the stress and the, the craziness out of the equation. So I'm, I'm interested in knowing how this plays out in other people's practice. Like how, how do you, how, how do you handle it when you say, ah, I got that. Or how do you handle it? Or how do you see it when you think, oh, I'm still doing this. I couldn't have a better response there. What, what was I thinking here? Was I thinking at all? Before we have that discussion, there's another little interesting thing about Dogen's extensive record. And that is, uh, Dogen sometimes will tell you how he would respond to koans, which I think is like, that's pretty fascinating to me, I got to admit. So there's a Dharma Hall discussion 490 that, that's called A Green Hut in the Sunlight, where Dogen sort of says, here's, well, here's how I would respond to this. So I'm going to read you a couple of Dogen's responses to this on, and then we can have a discussion about this. So here's what Dogen says. Suppose someone asked, what was the meaning of Nanyuan's statement to explain anything would miss the mark? I would simply say to him, even though the reeds are young and green, these spring days, the sunlight remains later, and I would like to build a grass hut. And here's another one that he gives. He says, this is how he would respond. Dogen says, suppose I was asked, what did the sixth ancestor mean when he said, just this non-defilement is exactly what the Buddhas protect and care for? You are thus, I am thus, the ancestors in India are also thus. Then I would like to say, a blue lotus blossom opens towards the sun. I kind of like this, you are thus, I am thus, and the ancestors are Indian, are also thus. And the ancestors in the future are also going to be thus. We're not, thusness is thusness. And, and we can, we can just, the more we practice, the, the easier it is to operate out of that practice space. And, and, and the, 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 the longer the length of time we can see ourselves doing it. So that, thank you for listening to me. That's what I have to talk about. And I am interested in how people, how, how, yeah, how do we, how do we handle both the days when we think our practice isn't where it should be and the days when we think, I'm the best student student ever, I'm figuring this out. So anyway, thank you. And I'd be happy to hear comments and discussion. Yeah, Frank. I really appreciate your courageous honesty. Thank you. Thank you for a nice talk, Jerry. I'm sorry that my video is slowing down my audio tonight, so I just have to keep the video off. Um, what you're 
what you're talking about makes me um, reflect on how, you know, we really can do this to ourselves where, you know, we, we make a mistake and we pile on ourselves with, you know, shame and disgrace and anger and I shouldn't do that or I should do that. And we, and we can do it to our, you know, any, any of our authority figures where we, we, compound a mistake with either, you know, maybe fighting against it, like trying to justify that, you know, no, that wasn't a mistake or, oh, that's so horrible. The Eno made a mistake or, you know, what a crummy Eno. Um, and I think that, you know, what you're part of what, what I take from what you're saying is that our practice hopefully gives us a mind that is flexible so that it's not that we don't make mistakes. It's not that they're, it's not that things aren't however they are, but we maybe can at least notice our reaction to things being however they are, you know, and, 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 and we don't have to take it on. We don't have to, you know, spend lots of energy justifying a mistake you know we can just say oh yeah that was a mistake let's move on or we we don't have to feel shame you know that's maybe something a little extra we don't have to feel maybe we maybe we do feel anger um depending on our expectations because we do have expectations you know that's that's one of those things that just is as it is too but um but hopefully our practice allows us to see that and just see, you know, okay, so what is this now? Okay. I, I see that maybe I made a mistake and, you know, now I'm feeling a little chagrined um, and maybe I want to make it different, but we, we just, we just stay with that. And we let our, we let our minds be flexible enough to not cling to any of those outcomes or cling to the idea that maybe we won't make a mistake. Yeah, I think too, like, sometimes too, something happens and, like, I had an argument with somebody in my condo a while back, and some days I can let that go and I'm okay. And other days, it's not so okay. So some days I think, okay, this is good, you know, you got over it, we're moving on. Other days, I feel like I'm still harboring ill will or some resentment, and I think it's just... It's just the ebb and flow of the practice. It's kind of like, it's almost like thought. Some days you have this comes up and you think, oh, this again. But it's okay. It, it, it doesn't mean your practice isn't going along just fine. Your practice mm-hmm. is fine. Practice is fine. It just means that, you know, some days are are some days are just a little harder than others. And and sometimes there's just residual, like you burn off residual thoughts. Some days there's just a residual emotions that just have to get burned off and, yeah. and not to let it like upset our equilibrium. Yeah. That's just part so, of being human. It's just, it's just part of being human and part of the practice. Yeah. It's just part of, of just, and the, the, the more we can stay with the practice and operate under that practice space, the easier it gets to respond. The, the, the less effort it takes. And the easier it is 
I don't know. I'm telling you, once I feel like I'm driving that bus and I'm in charge, it gets harder. I don't know how else to say this. But that's and I and I still keep trying to drive that bus, even though I know that's a whole lot harder to do. <laughs> I still keep saying, okay, I'm gonna be in charge here. Let me just let me just fix this or let me just do this. It's like it's just so much easier when you realize life is just gonna take care of itself and you just have to show up and respond. Which doesn't mean that you just um, accept things either. You, you know, you don't you don't just go with the flow. Well, if you respond as things come up, something else is going to happen. I mean, it's like a tumble situation. You respond, a response happens. You respond. Things get done. Change happens. You learn stuff. You 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 you, you don't have to necessarily pre-plan it. Well, thank you. You can't see me bowing, but I'm bowing. I feel that our mistakes are the path. They are the path. I mean, they're, they're how we grow in this practice. And, you know, and so at the same time that one accepts one's mistake in that spirit, um, you know, I feel like the central, the central um, focus of my practice is just to make the effort, just the pure, sincere effort and the world. And, you know, and so, you know, I, I think that's consistent with what you were saying, you know, that, that at the same time that it is important that I care, it is important that I you know, make that effort. Um, you know, the, the mistakes along the way, they're not just my mistakes. They're also the path. So, you know, and, and I think that's consistent with what you're saying, you know, that, that you're not trying not to drive the bus or, or not, you know, getting caught up in driving the bus. Um, you know, if you, if you if you if you realize that the wrong turns are okay, then you know you're driving, but you're not really driving. You understand that the that the path is something that you're not completely in charge of, and you don't have to be in charge of it. I, I think that's true. I think there's also something that for recognizing. When you do understand something, for recognizing when, yeah, yeah, that my practice is easier. And to sort of recognize that without, I don't know, the Irish used to have a saying, you're going to get a big head, you know, but somehow, somehow. But it's true, you know, we do, you know, Nanyan went to the sixth ancestor because he wanted to learn from him. And he did learn from him. We learn things. We come to understand things we didn't understand before. We see our behavior change. We see changes in ourselves. And as much as it's a good thing to be able to recognize when we fall short, it's a good thing to recognize when we can say, oh, yeah, this is better. This is easier. Oh, yeah, I get this. Without, you know, necessarily thinking, you know, we're the best Zen student that ever lived, but just to take it all in, you know, in equal equanimity to just say, 
Okay, yeah, this is what practice is about, you know? It's about being able to recognize that there's, there's, there's pluses and there's minuses and they're all just wonderful things to have. And to learn to enjoy both of them. To learn to enjoy the lessons that we learn when we fall down and the lessons that we learn when we stand up straight. It's just, that's what practice is. It's just learning to be in the space and to slowly begin to realize who we really are. That's what deepening practice is. We're just figuring out who we really are from the get-go. And to be okay living there. Yeah, Tigan. Jerry, thank you. What I most enjoyed about your lovely talk was your deep expression of uh, basic trust. You could say faith or whatever, just that suchness is. And um, whatever, however we're rolling along, rolling around in it in the practice, something, there's something that's, that you can fundamentally trust. And you really express that love in a lovely way. And, and also how that, how that deepens, how that can deepen. So thank you for that. I think Eve has her hand up. Eve. Hey. Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. And I I guess I like that you were reiterating the word learning and, and, and bringing it back to learning. Um, Cause I guess I feel that's what it's all about. And, um, and that, that in order to learn from your mistakes that you need that space to reflect and, and, to be able to sit with that and not, you know, push it away or, you know, push it under the rug or ignore it. And, and, and I guess sometimes I think about, you know, I, I, I feel like there's a tension between claiming the not knowing and then claiming the knowing. I mean, you know, you were saying, yes, you know, you've learned some things that yes, your practice has gotten easier and yes, you know, and by talking to us, you're acknowledging that, you know, you have experience that made it benefit the rest of us. And I mean, one thing I like about this sangha is that there's multiple people that do that. Um, and it is collective and it's, and there's not just one teacher. And, and um, I think, and, and sometimes, you know, it's hard, it's hard to claim that space where you can share and um, and at the same time, you know, claim the not knowing. But I guess I think, you know, I'm wondering not just like who I am, but who we are as a species. And I think, you know, one of the main things that makes us human is that ability to learn collectively um, and, and to learn from each other, you know, when we manage to do that. Thank you for that. I think Dylan has his hand up. Hi, Jerry. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. 
thank you for uh yeah really <clears throat> for your really uh sincere and um uh energizing and warm talk i think the um if what what came across to me it sounds like is the the distinction um that you're finding between control and and dedication you know I, or at least that's like i think i you know i think in the time that i've been practicing i've learned that like i don't have control over anything you know really um but i can be dedicated to something you know i can be dedicated to to as ken said like putting forth a sincere effort to try and help the sangha and um uh you know as hogetsu said a couple talks ago like being ready to get the skunk in the face when you mess up about it and still show up afterward you know um that that's part of it so um yeah i i, I think and i think that's that's like uh a real central pivot of practice uh, of being part of the Sangha is, um, uh, is, um, being willing to investigate that distinction between having control over something and being dedicated. Um, so that's, that's what, that's what came across for me at least. Yeah, I think too, what helps me to think about this is stuff gets done even if you're not in charge. Even if no one's in charge, stuff gets done. If you just respond to a situation, progress gets made. You know, people show up, the zendos get figured out, cushions get purchased, you know, logistics get done. Uh, you don't you don't have to work that hard in life. It, there's a lot of it that'll just take care of itself. And to me, that's the beauty of it, that if you just respond, you'll see results. You don't have to worry about the results. You don't have to think about that. You just have to respond. I would and even say that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go on. I would even say like, it's not even possible to really like comprehend the results or like to really like, you know what I mean? And it's not, you can't even really understand or I can't even really understand how hard I'm working. You know, there are times where I feel like I'm not really working that hard, but maybe it looks like, like I, I have that feeling with what you're doing now, where it's like, you're, you're talking about when you're letting go, it's, it's easier, but I, when I see your emails pop up, I'm, I'm thinking to myself all the time, oh, Jerry's really working hard on this. But you're t- you're saying that you're not wor- you're not like it, you're relaxing. But so it, you know what I mean. It, it's yeah, yeah. it's it's hard. It it depends on what like you know. As you're saying, I think the relaxation you bring to it is making it easier to get things done. You know. Yeah, it's easier. It's that's what I'm trying to say. It's easier to get things done if you're not driving that bus. You just let the bus drive itself. I'm telling you, take it from me. It's easier. It just is. Yeah, it just, you just sit and you just respond and it just gets, yeah, it's like not working at all. It's a wonderful thing. Sit back, relax, like all of a hundred thousand years. It's, it's fabulous. 
We should put that on the next Ancient Dragon t-shirt. Sit back, relax, let go a thousand years. It's fabulous. <laughs> doesn't preclude you looking like where the bus is going and where it went, though, right? Yeah, sure. Could be entertaining. Yeah. Or who's on the bus with you. Yeah, Mike. Uh, thank you for your talk, Jerry. This is, it resonated a lot with me. Uh, as someone who has uh, a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of my, I, I've, I have learned through practice that a lot of what my brain does is plan for things that I didn't even think that I was planning for. Um, you know, I'm going into work, you know, and it's not just, you know, planning, you know, what you're going to wear and, you know, what you're going to do that day, but thinking about, you know, Oh, if I have to have this interaction with this person at, you know, whatever time, um, planning for like worst case scenarios, you know, it's like, um, what, what's the worst thing that this person could say, how will I respond to it? And my brain has done this thing for a lot of my life where it thinks about all this stuff in advance that that most likely is never going to happen. Um, (laughs) And it's, and it's exhausting. <laughs> um, and it's, it's taken me so long to recognize that that's unhelpful. Um, and, and most of the time it's, it's still not even clicking that it's, it's hard to let go of. So um, I, I really, really want to drive the bus all the time. Um, and it's, it, it tuckers me out. So, um, so thank you. This talk really, really resonated. Yeah, I really want to drive the bus all the time, too, even though experience tells me, boy, if you just got out of that driver's seat, be a piece of cake. But, man, I'm always, like, driving that thing around. Yeah, go ahead, Ken. Yeah, if I might, um, your your talk brought to mind a, um, a passage from Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, that I think is just so... Um, so on point with what you were saying. If I might just read read it, the Bodhisattva's way is called the single-minded way or one railway track thousands of miles long. Wherever you go, the railway track is always the same. His way is in each moment to express his nature and his sincerity. Sincerity itself is the railway. Sincerity itself is the railway track. The sights we see from the train will change, but we are always running on the same track. And there's no beginning or end to the track, beginningless and endless track. There's no starting point, no goal, nothing to attain. Just to run on the track is our way. If you look at the track, you will become busy. Just appreciate the sights you see from the train. That is our way. There is no need for the passengers to be curious about the track. Someone will take care of it. Buddha will take care of it. So that, that I think, is, is, is kind of, you know, um, an amplification of what you were saying, um, you know, that, uh, that at the same time, you know, that, you know, it's not like we can just, just sit back and things happen and we have to make the effort. We have to be sincere, but ultimately, you know, the track, you know, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, don't, don't, don't get too, too worried about it. Thank you for that. Muchness is going to take. Yeah. Get some. So while you were talking, uh, a fire truck pulled up on the street 
and then like a fire supervisor vehicle and an ambulance all were right on Foster Avenue within my eyesight and I could hear. Uh, and I turned my camera off and I just went to check out to see what was going on. Was that a mistake or not? You were just responding to what's happening. What's happening there? Let me go see. Mistake, not mistake. It's just a response. You're moving along. You're living in the Dharma. So then there's no mistake ever. A mistake is, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe. Is there a mistake? You know, there's just practice. There's just learning how to do it better. There's just learning to say, I could be more skillful. I could be less skillful. It's just experience. It's experience in the Dharma and just learning to be who you really are in the Dharma. And to add to that in Hogetsu's example is part of it is also that we take care of each other and we respond when we see uh, difficulties and people having difficulties. And, you know, we respond as best we can. It's, and, you know, whether, 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 whether we judge it a mistake or not is besides the point. Just respond, as you said. Well, when I was sitting here, I just thought, I better just make sure this building isn't on fire. Because I can sit through a lot, but I just want to just check that out to make sure. (laughs) And I'm happy to report the building does not appear to be on fire at this moment. That's good. Go on. Yeah, I was talking to somebody once about how I was really afraid of making mistakes all the time. And then they told me, well, maybe someday your mistakes are going to be helpful to somebody in the future, though. And that 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 is stuck with me. You know, sometimes you do something and you think it's a mistake and then a little time passes and you think, oh, maybe that wasn't such a bad thing after all. You know, every, 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 what do they say? Every bad thing has its silver lining. Everything you do, and the mistake is, that's on the circumstances. And, and where you are in practice, and yeah, I, I don't know. I think if you just, if you just keep practicing and you try to operate under your practice, you just can't go wrong. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I can't count how many times I've told somebody, don't make the same mistake I did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun if we could learn from other people's mistakes. That's hard to do. I always find I have to learn from my own mistakes. But it would make life easier if I could learn from someone else's mistake.
Somewhere Dogen talks about making the right mistakes. And I, now that I think of it, I think when you think about doing something, you know, sometimes we get too focused on our mistakes and then we end up not responding when we could respond or we, we get shy of responding. You know, we kind of should be a little, I don't know, a little bold, I guess, in some ways. And to say, hey, you know, this is a, this, a just do it and then see what happens. There's another colleague I have, and she says to me, you know, Jerry, it's a lot easier to get forgiveness than permission. And it's her way of saying, you know, just go ahead, try it. And, you know, maybe it'll work out, maybe it won't, but, you know, there's something to be said for for not holding back when when you, when you, when you, when the response is available to you or the opportunity to respond comes up. Ken, did you want to say something? Yeah, if I wanted to, if, if I might just add another passage, because, you know, again, I, I feel like our mistakes are, um, at the same time with the mistakes, and, you know, we have to be sincere in our efforts to, improve and to, to do the right thing. As I said before, I think they're the path. And they, they brought to mind another passage from Zen Mind. Uh, Suzuki says, we pull the weeds and bury them near the plant to give it nourishment. So even though you have some difficulty in your practice, you should rather be grateful for the weeds because eventually they will enrich your practice. And yeah, so I, I just think that, and, and I have a friend who was going through great distress, you know, I could like keep making the same mistakes, but you know, I, I feel like, um, although just sincerity and effort in the practice will bring uh, us closer to, 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 to suchness, um, if you will, I, I think that the mistakes are a much more valuable component, um, than we, than we often realize. I, I think, as I said before, I, I think our mistakes, they're the path. They're, they're how we grow. Thank you for that. 